In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't know that it was wise to dim the lights right then. I might put you all to sleep. You didn't need to do that. Thank God for Luke's gospel. Uh, Luke's gospel is the one that gives us this rich birth narrative. A lot of times we don't realize it, that in order to hear the story of the manger, in order to hear the story of Jesus' birth, we have to have Luke's gospel to do so. Matthew kind of brushes right past that. He gives us the genealogy, carefully, carefully connecting Jesus to David, but kind of brushes through that and moves right to the flight to Egypt. Well, he kind of goes through some of Joseph's turmoil, but that was last week. And Mark is just, I love Mark's gospel, don't get me wrong, but it's a cliff notes. You know, it's kind of the shortened, condensed summary of everything. John presents us with a wonderful, sort of ethereal picture of Christ, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, powerful and rich. But Luke Luke goes for it and tells us the whole story and gives us this wonderful, rich history of of where they were traveling to, why they were traveling, and then how the birth took place. It's awesome. It's awesome. And and, and he goes into all the details. Not not all the details. I mean, I, I suspect that if Mary was nine months pregnant, that donkey was having to endure him, her turning his, his hair in her hands and, and holding on really tight as she was going through contractions and what have you. It couldn't have been a pleasant trip. Let's just put it that way. But Luke painstakingly tells us all these things, and he tells us all these things for a reason. Because it changed the world. It changed the world in the way we know the world. It changed what we believe it changed that first century world and it's important to note that in that first century and in the and in the generations preceding that and the centuries preceding that the holy land was in turmoil it was in turmoil does it remind you of any times but jesus was born and they came to see the birth of this king And they came to see the birth of this king because they weren't sure what to expect, but they were expecting all sorts of possibilities. Many expected a military leader. Many expected someone who would raise the people up to drive off all those who were occupying their territory and their land. But instead, a tiny baby was born. And that baby is linked to those periods of time prior to that, hence the readings from Isaiah, which tell us about the light or the lack of the light in the world at that time and the lack of hope as they were a people occupied and oppressed. But Jesus came, a new king, connected to David to change the world as the people knew it. This is a true story. I'm not making this up. Um, this is a, uh, something I found years ago on Christmas morning. It was in, um, Santa put it in my stocking. 
And it's, uh, you know, when you're eight years old, a magnifying glass doesn't help you read the newspaper or anything like that. Today it has particular application for me as I'm looking in the prayer book, but that's a whole other story. But when you're eight years old, you imagine all sorts of things that you can look at, but then there's also that, that you know, I'm a boy, so you want to get outside and get the sun coming through it, you know? And, and I remember that Christmas as my dad and I were out in the backyard. It was California, so it was sunny. It's always sunny. And there I was trying with a piece of paper to burn it with my magnifying glass. And, and dad was, probably wasn't a smart idea, but he did it anyhow. He was giving me some coaching on how to do this properly. You know, he said, well, you know, get it positioned there in the light and get it really, you got, you got to move it around a little bit because you want to get that, that light really tightly focused. He said, you want to bring it really small because that's when it's as tightly focused and as hot as it's going to get. And so I'm going like this and then finally get a nice tight focus. And he said, now, now just kind of hold it there for a minute. And pretty soon that paper began to turn brown and then it began to turn a little bit browner and then it began to spread out a little bit and spread out a little bit further, and I don't remember if any actual flames came up that day. Dad probably stomped them out before it could get too much further. But he carefully told me about how important it was to focus that light and to get that tight focus in order for that light to be its hottest and for that spark to be at its hottest. That's what happened on the nativity. God's love, the light, came down upon humankind. And that light was tightly focused on the little town of Bethlehem. It was tightly focused on that stable scene. And it was so tightly focused on that manger that the Son of God was born. And God dwelt amongst us. And from that tight focus of God's love, it spread. It spread ever slowly and ever, ever steadily. And it's still spreading today. Christmas is for us all a reminder that God's love was so tightly focused on the world that he came to live amongst us. Christmas is a reminder of the new hope that came that day and the new hope that we are called to live into and to share. Christmas is a reminder of God's love tightly focused upon us as the most magnificent gift we could ever possibly imagine. As Christmas Day approaches and we look in our bottom of our stockings or underneath the tree or wherever that place may be, let us not forget that special, important moment when God's love was so tightly focused upon us that it changed the world. It changed the world. And it still changes the world and still changes people's lives. Friends, we are part of that change. We are part of this Jesus movement. We are part of God's love, tightly focused upon 
the world that spreads ever steadily and ever outward. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.